With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. My brothers and sisters, fellow entrepreneurs around the globe, it is 0600 hours Eastern or Quebec time for you nautical types, 1100 hours Greenwich or Zulu. This is Rudder Radio, your guide to thrive in any economy. I'm William Eastman, Managing Partner for Applied Knowledge Labs with America. We are changing the formula business success for companies from zero to $50 million in revenue. And I'm your host for the minutes. And today's show is on the fun topic of managing change. It is show number 724-755. And it is show number 15 of 43 that are part of our third series. So before we get into it, um, how do you join the show? Well, we're looking for a lot of participation. One, you should go to our chat room. That's provide, provided by uh, Blog Talk Radio. Just go to our show page at blogtalkradio.com slash the rudder, T-H-E hyphen R-U-T-T-E-R. You can dial in and reach, reach us on our switchboard and be on the show live at 347-215-7471. That's 347-215-7471. You can also tweet us, not tweet, I'm not a bird. You can tweet us on Twitter at W. Eastman, that's W-E-A-S-T-M-A-N, or you can go to our blog, which is also linked up from the show page, that will have the show notes sometime early in the, uh, late in the morning or early in the afternoon, the notes from today's show. Okay, so where are we? Let's, uh, let's rock and roll here. Talking about managing a change, but before we do that, let's talk about where we are in our information programming, and that is the thing to consider about our show is this, is that everything that we cover is researched. Uh, we run a research operation here. We look at the characteristics of fast growth in small businesses. Uh, we're not so much concerned with how businesses survive, uh, given especially the economy that a lot of us are in, but really how do companies thrive in these types of economies. So everything that we talk about is backed by examples of other co- what other companies have done. Number two, it's proven is that we live in the field, we test our stuff out, we constantly upgrade it. And to give you some sense of that is we just recently did an install with a major university in the United States who's providing counseling, coaching, consulting, training services to startups through $10 million firms, and they are offering that based on our platform, our library of best practices. Number three is that since it's radio, it's free. And so you can get that information from us or any of the various sites that we uh, we talk about. 
you can go to our corporate site, AppliedKnowledgeLabs.com, uh, our blogs, etc., etc. But you can get it. Number four, we see the show is our classroom. And so I'm not here to lecture, dial in, chat. We'll talk about your topics as long as they're related to ours. Okay, we've got three series that we are that we have done. Two are, two are completed, one we're in the process of. First series we did was on the stages of growth and the six stages that are predictable that any company goes through. And if you want to check those out, what you can do is you can go to uh, our show page, go to archives, and you're looking for show 577302, which is stage one, the dream to plan, and that'll get you into that series. The second series we talked about was what was the, uh, the characteristics of those companies that became market dominators based on strategy. And we found six elements that made their strategies uh, uniquely different. And if you want to check that out, the same thing is go to our show page, uh, hit the archive section, and you're looking for show 597-380. And now the third series is that we're basically covering the 34 best practices and the 170-some-odd attributes. I forget how many it is today because some of these we turn on and some we turn off based upon what we're learning. And what I mean by turn them on and turn them off is that if they're proven to be predictors as the data says, then we keep them. If they're showing that they're not predictors, uh, then we turn them off. Just kind of click the not active button anymore, and it's lower on the list. And so what we've done is we've taken those 43 34, we've broken them down into sections, and that is the 43. This is the 15th of 43, so we're basically one-third of the way through. Uh, we're, in, we're talking about the category of branded strategy, and that what all of the best companies did, the ones that went from zero to market dominators, is they understood the concept that uh, strategy was supported to brand. What I mean by that is that brand is enduring. It's something that goes on forever as a firm. Uh, strategy is simply something you, you do uh, over a period of time. Most companies uh, do their strategic planning yearly that says, here's what we want to accomplish this year. But that strategy is around implementing plan. In our particular case, because the dynamics of our market is that our strategic planning cycle is only four months, three months in duration every quarter, we put, put together a new strategic plan. Sometimes it's a continuation of activities that we didn't get done in the last quarter. But most of the time, we close it out and we move on to the next set. So within that area of branded strategy, we have a number of best practices. And today, the best practice we're talking about is change or the management of. And that, in my mind, this is something that struck me uh, not so much from reading the literature as it has from working with very successful small businesses now since our startup in 2006 in Calgary, Alberta. Is the issue is that it is the it is a core competence I believe of all successful 21st century companies. Okay, and here's the axiom. Here's the thing to consider, and that is the rate of change inside your company at a minimum. And I'm saying this at a minimum. So if you're here, don't celebrate. Just don't get depressed. The rate of change inside at a minimum must equal the rate of the change outside. In other words, if you're in a dynamic market that's changing. Um, monthly, uh, then you, you better have the ability inside the firm to respond to that at the same pace. And of course, that is not true. And you would think that in smaller companies, small businesses, which claim to be there or make the claim that they're competitive advantage when they go up against large companies, is their agility. Uh, the big companies are super tankers and small companies are speedboats. The reality is, is that 
the, the resistance to change is a normal human attribute. And so even though small businesses should be more agile and should be able to respond quicker and should be able to change faster, the reality is uh, that is somewhat true, but that really isn't true. And so if it wasn't true, uh, we wouldn't be covering it. It would be just something that everybody did. And so the more dynamic the marketplace that you're in, the more demanding uh, of change leadership. An example I'll give you on this is a number of years ago when I was doing large corporate consulting, one of my clients was America Online. And one of the things that struck me about America Online, now at the time they were about a $5 billion firm, and, uh, America Online strategic planning horizon was only 100 days. And so basically the, the same strategy that we're employing uh, every quarter, every three months, they, they basically revised the strategic plan. And the reason for that as I heard Steve Case talk about it, was uh, the issue of the, their market is so dynamic that a business plan that was six months long wouldn't be effective because it would be outdated, would be obsolete. And so the issue then for all of us is I don't know what the frequency of change is in your market. Maybe it's seasonal, maybe it's yearly, maybe quarterly, maybe it's weekly. That doesn't matter. That's just that is just one of those variables that you've got to plug in on the math formula that you have no control over. What you do have control over is are you dynamic and agile enough inside to be able to deal with that. And so what's, that's what we're going to cover here. Um, one thing I would recommend to you, and I'm, I'm going to come back to this, is that uh, a guy who's written about this and his, his books, uh, which you can find in Borders, Barnes & Noble, Blue and Ago, uh, are books that are, that are well-researched, and that's John Cotter. And I, two books I'd recommend and I'll come back to is The Heart of Change and Our Iceberg is Melting. Now, I know that because we did uh, product development for John Cotter and helped turn some of his books into training materials. So I have a sense of it. And he has an eight-step model, which works very, very well. Uh, but let me talk about the two pieces that uh, I thought were significant from John's work. And I had a chance to talk to him at length about this. There's two major failure points for companies when they try to deal with change. Two things that, uh, that create failure. One is the inability to create a sense of urgency within the firm. If people don't see the, a compelling need for the change, uh, they're not going to get on board. And that has to be kind of felt and owned by them locally and viscerally. It has to be part of their emotion. And the other failure point is staying the course. Uh, what happens is as soon as they begin to get some behavior change, uh, they lose interest in it. The leadership does the firm, and they don't manage it to the end. It's kind of like a football team, if I can use the American football team as an analogy. They just can't finish the opponent off. You're way ahead up after three periods, but then when it comes into the fourth, um, you don't, don't finish them off, and what happens is that they're back in the game. They wind, off beating you, wind up beating you. That's the same thing here is that you have to have the ability to finish it off. Well, I'm going to talk about those, those issues as I talk about our four attributes. Now, here's what we found when we looked at companies. And we call this change readiness, but you could call this management change. You could call this change leadership, leadership for change. I, I really don't care what it's called. Conceptually, though, what I care about is there's four attributes to this. Is it planned? Is it compelling? Is it invigorating? And is it collaborative? Let me take the first one, planned. If it isn't planned, it cannot be managed. And if it's not planned, then it will be difficult to achieve. Um, success in change management is not luck. It will not just happen 
to you. Uh, it is one of those things that has is a conscious management and a constant and a, and a conscious management practice. If you don't do that, you can't get it done. What plan means is that going through something like John Cotter's model of eight steps that says here's how we intend to take this from beginning to end. How do we intend to create a compelling uh, image? How do we intend to create what's called a burning platform, which we're going to talk about next? How do we get people involved so it can be collaborative? If you don't have a plan for doing that and make that part of how you're running the business, uh, it's not going to happen. Now, if you say to yourself, or you're, if you were online with me here and you said to me, but you know what, I can't do that. That's, that's a little bit too difficult. I've got too many things going on. Well, two Two responses. One is you don't plan change, a major change in initiative around things that don't matter. So if it doesn't matter, then why are you even doing it? Number two is if it does matter, and in today's environment, my guess is it does matter, then you better find the time for it. I know what it's like to run a business and uh, not have enough time to the day. Uh, our day, our business day starts in our company at about 4 o'clock in the morning, and it ends about 10 o'clock at night. Now, these are East Coast times, but that gives you an idea of the day. You, if, and I'm sure my counterparts out there, those of you listening to this, you have the same type of business day. You have to find time to do this because if you don't put it in there and you don't plan it, it isn't going to happen. Well, what are you planning around? What are you trying to create? Okay, so let me take the first, the second one. The, the change, the thing that you are seeking to achieve has to be compelling. Your challenge is to make it clear. And part of that is how to make clear to people that the status quo won't work and why it won't work. Now, this is kind of an interesting dance because it does take some level of sophistication. Um, in, in, the, in our industry, we call it creating the burning platform. You know, kind of just envision an oil platform that is on fire. Why would anybody jump off of a platform into the raging seas, say off of uh, the North Sea or uh, in the North Atlantic off of Newfoundland, Newfoundland, why would you jump off the platform? Or the damn thing better be about to blow up or sink. Otherwise, I'm going to stay on board. That's kind of what you have to do. So here, here is the sophistication it requires from you, is that if you've been in business for any period of time and you've got people working for you who have been there for a period of time, they have a vested interest in the past. And if you attack what you used to do too vigorously, what you're really doing is you're, you're not only attacking yourself and the company, you're attacking them because everybody will defend what they've done. And so it's not a matter of making a, an evaluative statement, to something like, oh, what we did in the past was bad. Though that could be quite true, that's not where you want to go with this. Where you want to take this is simple. You want to be able to say to people, look, here's what we did in the past. We made In the past, it worked for us. Here's why it worked. Now, here are the facts. That, Here's why we cannot take this forward, why we cannot do this going on, and give them the facts, not to attack the past, but to explain why the, the solution or the processes or the practices, whatever you're trying to change from things that you did in the past, what you want to explain to people is why that no longer works. That's what you're trying to do.
Uh, looks like I had a some sort of computer glitch here. Wonder what's going on. Well, hopefully you didn't lose me. I want to stay at this. Um, well, it looks like we're still on, so I've just lost my screen. I'm not sure what's going on with Blog Talk Radio, so I'm going to assume that we're still okay. Um, so you've got to create that sense of the past that hey, this is um, this no longer this really no, is no longer working for us, and here is why. The next thing you got to do is, and you got to take that forward, and you got to create basically what is a sense of unease, um, not an attack, but an unease that that is not fear-based. So you don't want them fearful or on the defensive, because people who are fearful typically don't make good decisions either. Um, the vision, the thing that you create, must be positive. Yes, we can. We can do this, and that vision has to be positive. People are not attracted to a negative vision, even if the, the, the message you're putting forward is, look, if we continue to do what we're doing, we're going to go out of business. Now, if that is legitimately what's going to happen, I can completely understand why you would take that approach. Um, on the other hand, um, yeah, this is bugging me here because I'm not sure that I'm that we're on, but apparently... I'm looking at the show page. It says we're on, so I'm just going to assume that we're there and we'll work through the problem. If not, we'll rebroadcast this show. So it cannot be based on fear. It's got to be based on fact. You've got to create an unease with the past. And then based on that unease, you've got to give them a compelling positive picture of why we're going to do what we're going to do and the fact that we can't do that. If you can do that, then you can move down the list to say what else do you need to do. But in the process here, let me kind of take a break. And what I want to do with the break is this. Um, I just finished a major install um, in the middle of the country in the Midwest with a university. And one of the things that struck me is that we were getting this done and we were working with people who run uh, small business development centers around the state. And we were talking about the population as well as themselves. And the thing that really got me is just how difficult it is becoming in business. And more and more, it is the small businesses that are really taking it in the neck. And the, the, the entrepreneur, the business owner, is not only tired and stressed out, they are tired of being tired and stressed out. And one of the challenges is that, the, you know, unlike other parts of, of the business world, there, there are entities for you. If you're a large corporation, the government's out to help you. There are banks. Uh, you can go get loans, even in this environment. But if you're a small business, there's nobody on your side. A lot of times, your family isn't on your side because they think you're nuts. Well, that's why we created the company. That's why we're here. Um, we are on your side. Uh, our, our purpose as a company is to help small businesses grow into large companies. Our goal, our mission as a company, is to help the individual entrepreneur, business owner, small business executive work their way through all the challenges of growth to achieve their dream. And that's what we built our company around. We have nothing, we, we sell nothing other than products, their assessments. And they are surveys. Our assessments are kind of like a full-body diagnostic in that if you want to, somebody like the Mayo Clinic and said, you know, I haven't had a physical in five years. Doc, do me and tell me what's going on. That's what our assessment does. It's called forecast, and it looks at a company's readiness for growth and the factors that we're discussing right here. And um, on our best practices is the area that we give you feedback on. Say, so, okay, 
here's your blood chemistry, here's your MRI, here's your CAT scans, etc. Here's where you currently stand so that you can take that information and make a decision about how to improve the health of your business. We also have a series of surveys, and what the surveys are are more targeted. They're focused on, a, say, a particular part of the body, in that if you turn your ankle, say, uh, say uh, running or playing racquetball or shooting some hoops, uh, you're not going to go in for a CAT scan. What you're going to do is you're going to say, hey, I need to take a look at uh, my ankle doc. And the, the doctor might x-ray the ankle, but all the energy is going to be focused on that part of the body you have more challenge with. And that is exactly uh, what our surveys do. And we have over 20 generic surveys that look at customer enthusiasm, employee engagement, uh, process management, sales effectiveness, you name it. We also have the ability to build custom surveys based upon what your needs are. So. What I offer to you is, is basically this. Our job is to provide the most accurate picture possible of what's going on inside your business. We are data agnostics. I don't care what the data says. You don't have to defend it to me. Kind of view me as your attorney. Uh, I know that's kind of dangerous because a lot of, time, a lot of, a lot of people don't have warm feelings for lawyers, uh, except when you need one. And here's the deal. I don't care how guilty you are. My job is to get you off well. That's the issue with your data. I don't care what your data says. I don't care how good or bad or ugly it is. My job is to say, okay, given that this is what it is, what are you going to do about it? And that's my objective is for your company. And so anyway, if you want to do, if you want to get involved with that, it's real simple. Just uh, drop me a line, Eastman at aklabs, aklabs.org, and say, hey, I'm interested, and I'll have somebody from the staff give you a buzz. Okay. This technical glitch is bothering me a great deal because I still have a screen that's got nothing on it. And so I am not sure what is going on with these characters. So, but we are going to continue at this um, and assume that we are broadcasting. Uh, this, really, this really blows. Okay, so it says that we are now at nine minutes to go with the show. So let me cover the other two. Um, the third one is invigorating. People love challenges that there are participants in and have the ability to affect. Um, you won't get everybody, but what you do need is the majority of the early adopters to enthusiastically join. And so I have to create a sense of that change is not a negative thing, which is the normal reaction. I have to create the sense that change is a positive thing and that this is something to look forward to because a lot of us get into kind of a rut and we kind of do the same thing time after time after time. And going to work is just going to work rather than something that kind of excites me. And so what change can do is it can invigorate people because it's also a chance to constantly improve what's going on. And so if I can get my early adopters, if I can get those people involved, then what happens is that they will create the critical mass in the firm that everybody else will follow. And the way I do that is the way that I build my plan. So Having people invigorated, part of that is having this compelling picture of where we're going to go and why we can't stay where we're at. But also, it has to do with how I get everybody involved. And that gets me to the fourth one. And that is the fourth attribute of successful change management or change leadership or change is that it's collaborative. I get all of the key players involved in this. And the challenge that you have in making change is that a lot of times companies that are reasonably good at it um, can put the types of rewards and punishments in, 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 within the organization in place that you can coerce people 
or you can uh, bribe people to do what you want. But understand, all you're getting is behavioral change. What you, what you are not getting is you're not getting attitudinal shift. And the second the rewards and punishments disappear, people revert back to the old behaviors. So I've got to get, I've got to affect the attitude side of this. Behavior is fine at first, but attitude's long term if we're going to make this work. And the way I do that is to bring people in and get them involved. One of my experiences with putting together a change plan is that uh, at, the, at the executive level, at the owner level, you can only write so much of it. At some point, you can't write any more detail to the plan, and the reason for that is because you're not doing the work, you don't understand what's going on. So one, you can't write it as well as they can too. If you come down and you deliver it, and it's something you're doing to them, and they're not going to own it. And so then the only behaviors you get are those things you can supervise. On the other hand, if you say, okay, we are this far, and you, you know, it depends on you present it, but basically you're saying, look, we're going to make this change because we're not choice. Now, what I want is you can either design what your future looks like or have somebody else do it. I think you'll find most people going, well, if my, if my choice is uh, I can affect it, I can write the script, or number two is you're going to do it to me, most people will take uh, okay, I'll write the script. And what you want to do is you want them to get involved in writing the tactical parts of the plan. And if you contact us, if you drop me an email, I can get into details on exactly how to do that. But the deal is is that if you're collaborative around this, then what you can do is you can affect attitudes because pretty soon, if they're involved, uh, right at the very beginning, it isn't your plan, it's their plan. And the second it's their plan, then they've got to defend it to themselves, and it gets into kind of an interesting dynamics around people's psychology. All right, so those are the four, those are the four attributes that make up uh, the best practice of uh, change readiness. But I would heartily recommend that if you're in Barnes & Noble or Borders or um, Books a Million or Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.